Amen, church. Amen. We worship the Lord because of who He is, not because of who we are. Amen. Amen. So let's. Since we're at the house of the Lord, since you come out here, surely you can give the Lord a hand cap of praise. Uh, look, y'all must not be feeling too good. Maybe y'all didn't sleep that well last night. Maybe y'all stayed up too late. But, you know, that wasn't that great of a hand cap of praise. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with y'all, but since we're out here, why don't you wash it? The Bible says where there are two or three gathered together with my dad. Well, I see about 20 yeah, folks out there. Surely, surely we can praise God in this yeah. Yeah. Amen. God is worthy, y'all. He's worthy. He's worthy. You know, the Bible says that everything that have breath, praise the Lord. I got some breath. <laughs> Maybe you ain't got God this morning. <laughs> Blow on the Holy Spirit. Give him some. <laughs> Amen. I'm going to leave y'all alone. <laughs> Pastor's going to preach about God sees your greatness when others don't. God sees your greatness when others don't. From 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel chapter 16. We're going to begin at the first verse. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. God sees your greatness when others don't. First Samuel chapter 16, beginning with verse 1. If you're able to stand in honor of God's word, you may do so. First Samuel chapter 16, beginning at verse 1 from the New Living Translation. Yes, Lord. Give everyone an opportunity to find it. I, still, I see people still searching, so we'll, we'll let you catch up with us. First Samuel chapter 16. All right. At verse 1, it begins, Now the Lord said to Samuel, You have mourned long enough for us all. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flask with oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there. For I have selected one of his sons to be my king. But Samuel asked, How can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he will kill me. Take a heifer with you, the Lord replied, and say that you have come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you which of his sons to anoint for me. So Samuel did as the Lord instructed. When he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. What's wrong, they asked. Do you come in peace? Yes, Samuel replied, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice too. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, Surely that is the Lord's anointing. But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the what? You with me? 
Then Jesse told his son Abinadab to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, This is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next, Jesse summoned Shimea. But Samuel said, Neither is this the one the Lord has chosen. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, Are these all the sons you have? They're still the youngest, Jesse replied, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, This is the one anoint him. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil and he brought that he brought and anointed David with oil. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. Let's, let's go ahead and have a uh, word of prayer. Lord God, we come thanking you, Lord. Thank you for this day that you have made. Lord, let us rejoice and be glad in it, Heavenly Father. Father, I just want to thank you, Lord, for the little things you do. We just take granted for it. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that we can walk. We can talk. We can see. We can hear. We can smell. We can taste. We can touch. Lord, there's so many people out there that can't do these little things that we take granted for, Lord. We, we just want to thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for being so kind to us. Thank you, Lord, for being so merciful to us, Heavenly Father. Father, thank you for grace and thank you for your mercy, Heavenly Father. Father, it's in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we pray these things, Heavenly Father. For surely you have been good to us, Lord. Lord, please bless every song that will be sung and every prayer that will be prayed. Please bless the gospel of Jesus Christ that's going to go forth, that it changes us from the inside out, Heavenly Father. Father, so right now, help us to forget about ourselves and just concentrate. Focus on you, Heavenly Father, in the goodness of the Lord. Lord, we thank you, we praise you, we magnify you. It's in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen, church. Amen.
be to God. God is great and greatly to be praised. Is he not worthy of all the glory and all the praise and all the honor belongs to our God? Amen. Just if you just testify to him, tell my God is great to me. Amen. 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 Father, we just thank you for how great you are, how magnificent you are in all the earth. You are high and lifted up and exalted. There is none like you. Father, bless us right now as we continue to worship you. And in all of you, we open up your word. Father, we're preparing our hearts to hear a word from you. Speak now, Lord. Your servants are listening. Help us that we might see Jesus. And have your word hidden in our heart that we might not sin against you. May you be glorified. May you be magnified through the preaching of your word, Lord, we pray. Amen. 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 As we're looking at our text today in 1 Samuel, the 16th chapter, uh, we're looking about how Samuel is choosing a king because the first king has been rejected. But as we look at the choosing of this king, I want to highlight how oftentimes in our lives we think we're not important because people treat us that way. I want to encourage you that it doesn't matter how people treat you when you know how much God loves you. When you know how great is his love towards you, you know that no matter what everybody else is saying or doing in your life, as long as I got King Jesus, everything's going to be all right. But there might be someone here today or someone listening, thinking about, I don't know what my life is worth. Do I have meaning? Do I have purpose? I want to encourage you today, if you don't know if you have meaning or if you have purpose, I want to say today, with un- emphatically to let you know you do have meaning and you do have purpose. And the reason why I know because God made you. Yeah. Tell your neighbor, God does not make mistakes. Yeah. Knowing that God is good in everything that he does, you too are good. <laughs> Help me preach to you and everything. You're good. Our God is good. Come on, come on, tell them. You're good. Our God is good. We are good. When you think about it, how, when you know who you are, don't you just feel better about yourself already? But see, the things that we're dealing with now, that we are living in a sin-sick world full of negativity, full of hatred, full of animosity, that has allowed people to be misled and think that they're not special. Psalm 139, 40 says, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. King James verse, some of y'all might know, sound fearfully and wonderfully made. To know how special we are, but yes, we're complex. Yes, we have issues. Yes, we have hangups. Yes, we've got things that are going on in our life. And one thing I'm so excited about, all my issues and all my hangups, my God still loves me. Aren't you glad about that? Can somebody testify? My God still loves me. Amen. God has chosen you for a great purpose. If you feel you're not living out this purpose, let us look at our text today. And the calling of David as an example of how we can see God moving in our life. We will learn that David is living his life doing what he is asked to do from his family. David's not doing anything special. He's just simply doing what his family, his parent has told him to do. We also find out that God has identified David before anybody else has identified him. 
I want you to understand that God sees you when nobody else sees you. You might feel you are been that way before. Have you been to a party or been in a crowd, but yet you felt all alone? Felt like no one saw you. Felt like no one acknowledged you. Felt like no one could see the giftings or the talents that you have. And you're thinking about, why am I even here? Here, I'm going to encourage you that you just want to wait for your invitation. But here it is that Saul is rejected. We get into our text, looking at verse 16. So you look at chapters 13 uh, and 14 and 15. We're seeing how Saul has been rejected, not once, but we get to 50 chapters the second time. And that he has not been obedient unto God. That's where we get that great quote from from Samuel talking about obedience is better than sacrifice. And when we understand that Samuel is, was the first judge and chosen by God, and yet verse 13, chapter, chapter 13, verse 14, it says, But now your kingdom must end, for the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be leader of his people, but you have not kept the Lord's command. I want to highlight this about in chapter 13, uh, he has already been told that you've been replaced by somebody else. What we come to know now, that is David. Uh, David has a desire to worship the Lord in his life because he loves the Lord. Notice God said he is a man after his own heart. He didn't say he was perfect, but he said he's a man after my own heart, meaning that he desires to worship me. And when we say worship, we're not just talking about how we sing and, and play music, but how we serve him. How we live is how we worship him. David is faithful to his assignment. His father calls him to be a shepherd boy. He's faithfully going to be found on the sun. How do we know? Because that's where they found him. You know, when people are not faithful, you can't be found when you're supposed to be where you're supposed to be. I've got a few more witnesses here. We know some people like that. you got to double check. Are they, are they where they're supposed to be? I know some people called to school. Did my child show up? <laughs> I, I know we called the doctors. Did my child keep their appointment? Did not my child make it to work on time? Y'all quiet on me. We understand that sometimes people have, don't know how to be responsible, so we've got to train them, we've got to follow up on them, but yet David does not have to be followed up on. Mm. David is judged by God to have a good heart. David's choice by God was not based on his status or his popularity. It's because God saw his heart, because God sees our true intentions. God's plans are always greater than our plans. Because God's vision is a God vision. Y'all see what I just did there? Think about when we say something is a God, right? It's supreme and above. So God's vision is a God vision. Which means that it's a supreme and above and beyond. So seek God to find your greatness in him. It has been some time since Paul has been rejected. I'm sorry, since Saul has been rejected. And Samuel has mourned Saul. Saul was anointed by Samuel to be Israel's first king. Samuel looked, took this in initially as a rejection, but God made it clear that they were not rejecting him, but they were rejecting God. First Samuel 8, 7, Saul is quoted there that God tells him, says, they're not rejecting you. They've done this to me before. <laughs> it says, so don't, don't take it personally. They, they're doing it to you. They're doing it to me. So he helps Samuel. Don't take it personally. It's not about you. They're rejecting me, but warn them of what it means to have a king. Yes, sir. Now that they have a king, and Samuel is the last judge, and he anointed the first two kings of Israel. He anointed Saul. Now he's going to anoint Samuel. Pastor Price read our text today. I'm going to highlight just one more verse as we get into the preaching moment. Verse 11. Then Samuel asked, 
Are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse replied. But he's out in the fields, washing the sheep and goats. Send for him at once, Sam said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. God sees your greatness when others don't. God sees your greatness because God is not limited by vision or paths. God has a great vision so he can see all that you can be because you are great. You are special. You were created for a great purpose. You can walk in your purpose. Fight against the negative warriors. These negative warriors have dull vision and they can only base your future on your past. Y'all catch that? They can only base your future on your past. But God can see your future. And he knows it can be different from your past. Mm. Negative warriors have dull vision because they say things like this. It hasn't been done before. We've never done it this way before. Back in my day, this is tradition. Or for my Disney Mandalorian fans out there, this is the way. <laughs> Negative warriors only see the outcomes they have seen before. And when they don't come out as they expect, that means something's wrong with you, not wrong with them. Let me give you an example of this perspective from one of my favorite movies, The Princess Bride. There's some phony quotes I'm going to share with you having a satire effect from The Princess Bride. First of all, the Dread Pride Roberts is running away with the Princess Buttercup. They're going to the terrible forest that no one ever survived in. And she says, we'll never survive. Dread Pride Roberts says, nonsense. You only say that because no one ever has. Y'all see the irony in there, right? Then we have Vicini, who, is a who has kidnapped Princess Buttercup and is running around. And the man in black, who is found to be the Dread Power Robber, is chasing after him. And he keeps on outsmarting him. He keeps on outwitting him. And every time he does this, he, Vicini says, inconceivable. And finally he said it for the last time when he's climbing up the rocks. And he says, inconceivable. And Montoya says, you keep using that word, but I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> Because what's happening has not been inconceivable because what he could not have imagined, what he could not have grasped, what he could not have seen is happening before his eyes. But we're dealing with some people that when you're doing greatness, they're looking at you and saying inconceivable. They don't see how you have overcome. They don't see how you can be special. They don't see how God can use you to do great things because they have not seen it before or it hasn't been done before. But that's how great our God is. The Lord is always able to do some new things. Samuel was sent to Jesse's house. Uh, Jesse is the son of Obed, the grandson of Boaz. That might sound familiar to some of our Sunday school scholars because Boaz was married to Ruth. Uh, yet the Ruth, the one the book is aimed after. Yes, David comes from this lineage. You might have been wondering why is Ruth even in the canon. Well, now you know. You got to learn about my great-great-grandpappy <laughs> and how he found my grandma. And here it is, we find how this canon comes from a man that was uh, born to be the king of Israel. Comes from such um, kind of winning and not very special beginnings, right? You read the story of Ruth, there's nothing really special about that. But what is special is that your God would be my God. And your people be my people. 
Now let her know that my seed will soon be the king of kings. Come on, somebody. But yet God sees your greatness when others don't. Mm. Samuel was not told specifically who it was going to be anointed as king. But he was relying, here's, I don't know how this, Samuel is relying on old myths. Because Samuel usually has great revelation from God to know exactly what's going to happen. But Samuel has not been fully given the full revelation of what's going on. He was just told, go get Jesse and anoint one of his sons. So when they arrived, Samuel took one look at Elab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. Why did he look at him and think this was the Lord's anointed? Because the last time he did it, Samuel was head and shoulders above everybody else. But surely this tall, tall drink of water must be the next king. He's handsome enough. He looks good enough. He's popular. He could be cast in the next Bachelor. He could be cast in all the next TV shows. That he is so good. He's the next top model. I think that's the one that's going to be king. He's a social media influencer. And God says, nope, not the one. Oftentimes we judge people based on what people think is good. Not what God says is good. So Sam is going from what he has done before. But God can do a new thing. God is not restrained with the idea that it has not been done before. That it doesn't have to be done the same way because that's how we used to do it in the past. When Saul was chosen as king, he was sold above everybody else. But God says that that's not the one. But notice what Samuel said when he saw that because we could see how Samuel's understanding was based on past. Verse 6 of the 16th chapter. Surely this is the Lord's anointing. But God can somebody say, but God? But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. God's vision. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Aren't you glad that we have these but God moments? These but God moments, though there's an exception, there's going to be a change. Samuel thought this was the one. But God says, no, <laughs> you, you, you think he meets the requirements, but he does not meet my requirements. Y'all, y'all see that there? We need to make sure that I, does this line up with God's requirements. God is teaching Samuel how the Lord moves and how God will do a new thing. Samuel, for the first time, was not privy to the Lord's work prior to going on his assignment. Samuel knew the general idea of why he was there, but he did not know specifically the person to be chosen at Jesse's home. How do we know? Because look what he does. He continues on watching the parade in the sons before him. But yet God is always looking to involve us in doing a new thing. When we see what's happening here, Samuel now is connected with God, realize, all right, God, if this is not the eldest one, it's not him. It's not the firstborn. It's not him. Then who is it going to be? So then Jesse told his son, Ebenezer, to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next, Jesse summoned Shimei and, and Samuel said, neither is this the one the Lord has chosen. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were pre- presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. I want to highlight here that it says all seven. I just want to highlight that all the one that Jesse rem- remembered to call. Y'all quiet on all the ones he remembered to call, the ones he thought that wasn't important enough to come. Now, here's a, this is something big, because when Samuel showed up to the gate, that's where the elders beat. And the elders saw Samuel showing up with a heifer. They're like, uh-oh, somebody in trouble. Because the previous chapter, you saw him walk up with a heifer and he killed somebody. Agag <laughs> got cut down, y'all. But here it is. He's coming in and says, what's going on? Are we in wartime? What's going on? Are we going to make a sacrifice unto the Lord? Concentrate yourself and prepare. All right. 
Men, concentrate yourself, get ready. So everybody's supposed to be in their post. This assumption looks at that Samuel may not know all the children of Jesse. But he knows that one of Jesse's children are the ones to be anointed. Jesse knows all of his children, but he forgot one to bring in to the fold. How oftentimes that we don't see how important somebody is when God does. Trust God to do a new thing and do something amazing in your life. I'll give you some words of encouragement from the word of God. Jeremiah 31, 31. The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. Ezekiel eleven nineteen, and I will give them singleness of heart and put a new spirit within them. I will take away their stony, stubborn heart and give them a tender, responsive heart. Ezekiel thirty six twenty six, and I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. Second Corinthians five seventeen. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ becomes a new creation. So y'all see this, that I want to cast the new. God is into making things new. You don't have to go because it's been done in the past or that's the past record. You can believe in God that he can set a new record. Mm. Will you let the Lord of all creation do something new in your life? You need to be faithful in what you're already doing. Stay focused on seeking the Lord in purity and singleness of heart. Your faith in God will enlarge your vision. Because when you are faithful to God, you are now connected enough that you can be privy enough to see what God has for you. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 to my another words of encouragement to you. Trust the Lord in all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. But all your ways acknowledge him. He will what? Direct your path. New Living Translation say he'll make a, a crooked path straight. <laughs> God can expand your vision so you can see the greatness he has for you. Trust the vision of the Lord over man's limited view anytime. God sees more than we can ever see, and he knows what's best for your life. People with good intentions and people with animosity towards you should not stop you from seeking what the Lord has for you. I want to say that again. People with good intentions and people with animosity should not stop you. What I'm trying to say here is that they could be for you or they could be against you, but don't trust them. For the last word. What does God say? Even people that have good intentions may not know what God has for you. And then also your enemies may be your footstools. <laughs> but when you're trusting in God, God will lead you on the right path. God sees the bigger picture. God's omniscience, omnipotence, and omnipresence is expressed here. For God sees what we cannot see and knows what we do not know. And He is, His power is inexhaustible. It cannot be defeated. So Jesse had not seven sons, but eight sons. Notice that as Sam was trusting in God, he says, is this all you got? Because he realized like the Lord has not revealed to him who it's going to be, but he knew that God said it's Jesse's house. And so he's like, "Um, is this all you got? I could see Jesse thinking about, oh, I got one more son. <laughs> My bad. And, 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 and this, here's what we get into this that He was told to invite everybody to the sacrifice. Verse 3, 16 chapter. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice and he will show you which of his sons to anoint for me. Y'all see that there? He will show you. And so here it is. Jesse did not fulfill his assignment of getting all his sons. 
So Samuel therefore could not use his judgment, but needed guidance from the Lord in this choice. Samuel's faith in God helped him to see that there must be one more son. Because God rebuked his first thought that he must realize, okay, God, you're going to do a new thing here. Let me be patient on this. Verse 11. Y'all with me there? Are these all the sons you have? They're still the youngest, Jesse replied. But he's out in the fields, watching the sheep and the goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. I want you to really grab this part right here. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. Notice, St. McCain's created a sacrifice. But they're not going to be able to commit and do the sacrifice so the guest of honor is here. And the guest of honor is missing. Notice they are all together thinking they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, but the person they are waiting on is not there. And so basically said, we will not rest, we will not sit, we will not continue forward until he gets here. Mm. Jesse did not know God's plan when what was going to be, so he excluded who should have been included. Samuel meeting with the elders, including Jesse and his sons, that they did not call for the youngest son, showing that they did not see the importance of David being a part of this meeting. But what I want to highlight in here is that we're going to learn from David, no matter what is going on, God is still working on your behalf. David did not know that God was preparing his blessing. He said, Samuel said, we will not sit down until he arrives. When I highlight here, everything else has been put in place. (laughs) Everything else has been set up. And they couldn't go further until the host shows up. And here it is, the ceremony, the honor, and everything is ready to anoint David, but they can't anoint and move forward and have a celebration until the one they are celebrating shows up. So Jesse sent for him. And then notice how they describe uh, this young man. Uh, he was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one. Anoint him. So David stood there among his brothers. Samuel took the flask of olive oil he had and brought and anointed David with the oil. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. And then Samuel returned to Ramah. First, I want to highlight when David shows up, notice that he wasn't tall, dark, and handsome. Y'all missed it. Everybody else was tall. That was what they looked at. But he was still handsome. But he was dark and handsome. Which means that he spent some time out in the sun. So he's out there with the sheep and the goats. And he has reddish brown skin from being out in the sun. He got that good tan. (laughs) And so he's coming in and they realize, oh, he's beautiful to look at. Talking about his, his eyes were beautiful, but also means that he was beautiful to lay their eyes on. <laughs> and so here it is, this young boy who they forgot, who they left out in the field, was who they were waiting on. That when he showed up, God let Samuel know, that's the one. Then he stood up and anointed him with the oil. God did not choose him because of his popularity. Matter of fact, he was forgotten, so he wasn't popular. <laughs> God did not choose him because he was taller than his brothers. No, they didn't mention his height. But God chose him because he was a man after his own heart. Man looks off the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. David's heart was in the right place, and the Lord invited him into a great blessing in his honor. You understand that David walked into a party that was in his honor. 
He was out there in the field, but they were waiting on him. He was doing his assignment, doing being obedient unto God, and God was preparing a new blessing for him. I want to encourage you right now that I said earlier, wait for your invitation. Sometimes you want to jump into the party when God is setting up a party in your arm for you. Sometimes we want what somebody else already has, not knowing that God is making something just for you. So wait for your invitation. Wait for the Lord to show you what is best for you because the Lord's choice is always good. Psalm 78, 70, 71 canonized and said, He chose his servant David, calling him from the sheep's pen. He took David from tending the ewes and lambs and made him the shepherd of Jacob's descendants, God's own people, Israel. I'm going to highlight here what happened that David went from doing the job as a shepherd boy. Notice how dad was not very proud of his job. Or the boy out in the fields, watching the sheep and the goats. Ain't nothing special about that. Matter of fact, nobody really wants to watch the sheep and the goats because you have not been to a farm. I'll let you know, it does not smell the best. And the shepherd boy oftentimes lays down with his sheep. Y'all quiet on me. And now you lay down with them, you're going to smell like them. And so here it is. It wasn't the best. That's why who got the job? The youngest. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm growing out this daddy. He got a young son. Put it on him. And I can see going down the line. Like, I'm not going to be out there in the field. I'm going to be out with the grown-ups, hanging around the gates doing grown-up things. But yet, these grown-ups forgot the one thing that the one they needed was out there in the field. And notice how God took his little job to be a bigger job. Went from being a shepherd of sheep and goats to the shepherd of God's people. David went from the one being rejected to the one being anointed. David is a king that comes out of Bethlehem. Do you see how oftentimes we allow people to be overlooked because it hasn't been done before? But here it is that we've seen David chosen by God, not because he was popular, not because of his status, not because of where he was or who he is, but because God saw his heart. I want to also highlight here that even before David knew, before Samuel knew, before Jesse knew, God knew. I want to highlight again and let you know that others may not know the plans God has for you, but God knows. And so if you want to know what the plan that God has for you, have you took some time to ask God, what should I do with my life? I asked you earlier, if you don't know your purpose, you don't know your meaning, well start asking God, what can I do? First and foremost, look what David was doing. David was not ruling and being a warrior and being a mighty man. He was simply just protecting the sheep he was given. Ah, thank you, Holy Spirit. Jesus has taught the parable how you ought to be faithful with what you have been given. Whether it be one, whether it be five, whether it be ten, that you ought to be faithful with what God has given you. David hasn't been given any greater responsibility than the responsibility that he's given. The responsibility that you have already have is great. If you are a mama, be the best mama you can. You are a daddy, be the best daddy that you can. You are an usher, be the best usher that you can. You are a deacon, be the best deacon that you can. Be the best teacher, be the best lord. Oftentimes, we want to be on TV and be popular and get a big profile and follow but I want you to know that my name wants to be in the numbers. Or when the saints go marching in. It doesn't matter your, your, your social profile, your social profile, when you stand before God. Yeah. So don't try to reap man's potential. 
but meet God's potentially put in you. Let us turn to the Lord and be filled up with his love, his grace, his mercy. I want to close out, as I mentioned before, that Samuel was looking for a king. And can I go back to verse 1? It says, Now the Lord said to Samuel, You have mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as king of Israel. So fill your flags with oil and gold to Bethlehem and find a man named Jesse who lives there for I have selected one of his sons to be my king. Can I read that again with a New Testament twist? The New Testament will say there was a child born in Bethlehem. Oh, y'all don't hear me? And he has been selected as king. Another word for selected is anointed. Another word for anointed is Messiah. Another word for Messiah is Christ. What y'all not hearing me say that he is the anointed one. And he was born of the seed of Jesse. My Bible says some 42 generations. He came down on the lineage of David. That he will establish a throne that will have no end. He is, has become this cornerstone that they have rejected. But on Christ, the solid rock, I stand. What I want to highlight here is that sometimes even when we think people don't see us, they didn't see Jesus. No, he wasn't born in a palace. Y'all, he was born in a barn. I, I know we said it, you know, where the cross is and where the cows are, y'all, you know what we call that? A bone. He was born where they kept the animals because there was no room in the house. They said, we got room for y'all, but it got to be in the hay. It got to be out there with the sheep and the goats. But I'm so glad that the line of the tribe of Judah was born as peaceful as a lamb. That he became the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. That when they hung on the cross, I want you to understand that he became everything that he could be for us. He says, Father, forgive them when they know not what they do. I'm so glad they hung him high and they stressed him wide. He hung his head for us, he died. But I'm so glad he did not stay buried in the grave. Because Sunday morning he got up with all power in his hands. I want you to understand that when he was hanging on the cross, they didn't see greatness. They were talking down on him saying, look at him now. Look at him now. The one that can make the blind to see, raise the dead to walk. He can't come down from that cross. But I'm so glad it wasn't the nails that led him to the cross. But it was his blood for you and me. That he saw that nobody else believed in you, but God loved him so much that he stepped down out of heaven and died on the cross. He said, I'm done preaching. Now, may the Lord bless you real good. But on your way home, you are to testify. I'm so glad that God sees you. First Corinthians 1 Corinthians 1.20 says, God shows the things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring them to nothing what the world considered important. He's talking about Jesus. You are important. You are special. You are great. 
and great is the God we serve. Put yourself humbly before him and let him mold you and shape you to be the amazing, great human being he's called you to be because you are made in his image. Don't allow somebody else to tell you different, that you are great because God is great. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that you have created us and you have formed us for your good and pleasing purpose. And Father, we are asking you to guide us to walk in your purpose, to walk with humility, to walk righteously before you. Forgive us, oh God, for times we've made it about ourselves. Uh, we thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy that your Bible reminds us that if we confess our sins, your faithfulness just to cleanse us of Lord of all unrighteousness. So help us, oh God, to walk. And Lord, there might be someone here who does not know Jesus. But Lord, I pray that they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross for their sins. And that they believe that he defeated death arising from the grave on the third day. We thank you, Lord, that all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Father, there's someone that's looking for a church home. Lord, there's someone that gave their life to Christ. Lord, I pray you guide them to a Bible-believing, teaching, preaching church where they can celebrate the communion of the saints and celebrate baptism and the fellowship of saints. Oh, Father, we ask that designs that place, lead them here. And the Father, it's not time where we pray that we can support them, help them find that place where they can grow and be a part of your church and continue to share this great gospel with others. In Jesus Christ, name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. If that was you today that decided to give your life to Christ, as you just looking for a church home, as we continue on the worship, we're going to take a time to march around and give God his tithes and his offering. You're welcome to walk around and come forward and talk to one of the ministry deacons to say, what must I do to join this fellowship? Or he says, you're giving your life to Christ, and what must I do to be baptized? We have to disciple and share that with you. As we pray to give God his tithes and offering, let us pray. Mighty Father, we just thank you. Uh, for as we give back to what already belongs to you. Uh, Father, bless those that desire to give, but yet have not. Lord, we thank that you supply all our needs. So, Father, bless what is given for the building and the, and the work of your kingdom. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. As you find, follow the instructions of ushers and the deacons.
have a few announcements for this weeks and weeks to come. Uh, I want to share this afternoon at 5 p.m. The Church of Peoria collective body of members coming together at 5 p.m. at the Greater City of Refuge Cathedral. Uh, I will be giving the, min- the ministry of the word that afternoon at 1 o'clock. The special musical guest uh, will be there for, for those who are welcome to come out and continue to worship and fellowship with fellow church members and community within the Peoria. So every fifth Sunday, you need to worship. They're trying to do that just to bring collectivity, and you're welcome to come. And then the second Sunday, November, November 12th, uh, at 3 p.m., the Mother's Ministry Program is by the us of Gallery, Gallery Ministry, uh, Missionary Baptist Church, and that's at 3 p.m. Uh, and then also, continue to remind, every Sunday, 9 a.m., we have Sunday School. Uh, we have it kind of a hybrid, so those who might be still joining on Zoom, um, you're welcome to, um, also welcome to come in person, meeting in the Fellowship Hall as well. And we have a, 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 a overflow site in our sanctuary as well for those unable to go down our stairs. You're welcome to come and join us for Sunday school. Then every Wednesday night, 6 p.m., uh, we have a Bible study and prayer meeting. You're welcome to come as we rightly divide the word of God's truth to do disciple and grow in ministry of his word. Amen? Amen. 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 So these are our announcements. Amen. We thank God for you to come in with us. Thank you, amen, to our guests and our bishop for joining in with us in worship. Thank you for you joining right where you are. Amen. If you could just go around and just look, just look around and wave at somebody and say, I'm glad you're here. Amen. Glad you're here. Amen. 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 It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Let us stand as we prepare for the doxology and the benediction.